when we were worshipping, I kept hearing the word paraclete, which is another name for the Holy Spirit, isn't it? And that also means the one who hears our cry. And I just thought there is something that God is going to do with us today that he is saying he is going to hear our cry. So whatever your heart's cry is, even if it doesn't come up in the word or you don't feel like MD's heard it, know that you have been heard today. Whatever else is going on, know that someone has listened to you and heard you today and heard your heart's cry. So we're doing um, Empowered today. That's the title of it. And it's Matthew 28, 18 to 20. It's like, what a passage to give me. There is so much in it. And I've been down so many rabbit holes with it, looking at different things and thinking I could go that way, I could go that way. It's like, Lord, there is so much here. It's such a rich um, passage. I'll read it to you. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age whoa I want to start by saying this that before God says go he says come to us 1 John three twenty three, and this is his commandment that we should believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and we should love one another just as he commanded us so I'm talking about empowered being empowered today and about mission and our mission and our vision is to go, but the power is in come. Our mission is to make him known, but our assignment is to know him. God's, that compassion, that great compassion from the lost comes from having a great passion for the one who searches them out. And the two have got to be combined together. And this has to be our starting point. That's how we're empowered. It's so simple, so, so simple. Let's read that again. Great compassion from the lost comes from having a great passion for the one who searches them out. And hear that, he searches them out. We're in partnership with him. It's not us searching them out. We're in partnership. And that's why it's so simple. So where are we going with this? So we're a people on a mission and we're being sent out. We're commanded to go. And another term for that is Missio Dei. And that just means the mission of God. The very act of being sent out describes the very nature of God. God has revealed himself through the whole of scripture as the sent and sending God. You don't have to wait for the Gospels to find this. It's on the very first page of the Bible. How does God create order out of chaos? He sends his emissary. Creation is an act of mission. His word, with all the weight that that carries, 
goes forth and fashions order out of chaos. And when it comes to us, he indicates his special, unique relationship with us by again an act of mission. He sends his ruach, that spirit breath into our lungs. Whoa. He sends his breath into our lungs. How amazing is that? And even when there's rebellion, even when we rebel, he then follows us. If you look at the whole history of Israel, it's of the sent and sending God extending himself into the life of his people. He sends words into his prophets, his glory through the Shekinah glory. And Shekinah is just a Hebrew word that means settling and dwelling. Settling and dwelling of the divine presence of God. We've got a whole set of books telling us that he cannot but extend and send himself into the lives of those he's created. So yes, he's the, this utter, ineffable, holy one. And yet his love extended into us. An act of mission. For those of us who believe in the Trinity, Father, Son and Spirit, it gets even more exciting. And just so you know, that's us lot. This is exciting. We believe in the Trinity. So God the Father sends God the Son, and then God the Father and God the Son send God the Holy Spirit. The Godhead send each other. The three of them send each other. Then John 20, 21 Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. The three of them then send us. So all of a sudden we're drawn into this exciting story. We become part of something that's not just abstract. That's not just something that's random. The Godhead sends each other and then invites us into this and sends us. We become part of something incredible. Our hearts are alive. But what does this mean? Because actually at the moment it's still just, oh. There's been a tendency to reduce it to just being kind to your neighbour, serving good coffee. Much as I think we need to be kind to our neighbours and we definitely need to serve good coffee. I'm all for that. But I would say that if we don't get a chance to announce that Jesus is Lord, that he is king, that he's asking us to commit and live with him, then we're not being missional. It's the two together. There is a quote from St. Francis of Assisi that seems to have become almost a get-out clause for us. Preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. I was looking at a guy called David Bosch, who's a South African missiologist. And his response to that quote, he's an amazing character. He is dead now, but he's an amazing character. Some of the stuff he's written is, oh, you've got to read it. But his response to that is, of course, words are necessary. Unexplained deeds of themselves do not constitute the mission of God's people. Again, 
Of course, words are necessary. Unexplained deeds of themselves do not constitute the mission of God's people. So, this Missio Dei, this mission of God, sees that the church makes its best contribution by becoming countercultural community that lives out the radical ethics of Jesus, thus becoming the embodiment of what God wants for the world as a whole. It becomes a mission that equips disciples and sends people into the community to be God's instruments who join him in this mission. It stresses becoming incarnational. Now that's a word that we hear a lot of, incarnational, but actually, what does it mean? It's in the sense that just as Christ was God incarnate, just as Christ came down, the son whom the father sent from heaven to take up the dwelling here on earth in the flesh to redeem creation, John 1, 14, Philippians 2, 6 to 8. So the church is being sent by God to incarnate take up dwelling in and around our communities. That's what incarnate means. Take up dwelling in and around our communities. And it's not for the sake of building up the church, but for the sake of spreading the kingdom of God on earth as in heaven, Matthew 6.10. Now, out of that, the church will grow. We will see thousands saved. I absolutely believe that. Out of that, we will see people set free, healed, brought back from the dead, all those things. But our focus cannot be that. Our focus cannot be building up the church. Our focus has to be again and again and again, Jesus. So as well as being a sign foretaste and instrument of the coming kingdom, where the whole creation will be reconciled to God's original intent. That's what we are. We're a sign and a foretaste of the instrument of the coming kingdom, where the whole creation reconciled to God's original intent. This is what we're drawing people into. Make disciples, more followers, teach them, enable them to be reconcilers, to fight for justice, to challenge violence, to see coolness, to see communities change, beauty from ashes, peace, but all in the name of Jesus. Let Jesus be the focus. And that's where it becomes so simple, so straightforward. It's not about us thinking up a good project. It's not about us thinking, what's my skill set? What can I do? It's just about us saying, Jesus, I want to partner with you. What are you already doing? Where are you taking me? And the stress then just gets taken away. It's so easy. And when we're thinking about, can we speak about Jesus? It's like, it's natural conversation. It's just, he's in my life. This is my testimony. And I don't know about you, but that just takes the stress so far away. It's like, I haven't got any skills, but I know a person who does. And I want to partner with him in doing it. Whoa. And I get really excited about that. So excited. 
because I need it simple. I need it straightforward. I need to know it's not based on whether I'm a success or a failure because that won't work because it'll depend on the day of the week and where my hormones are, if I'm being frank. So we don't want that. Right. In the, sorry. In the fourth century AD, there was a Roman emperor called Julian the Apostate. Now, I don't know if you've heard about him. Incredible character, because he got it so wrong. He became concerned about what he called the Nazarenes, he called the Christians these. Why? Because he realized that these Nazarenes were subverting the whole global Roman Empire. So he sent out a directive to each of his governors with a pot of money saying, I want you to outlove these Nazarenes. What were they doing? They were feeding people who weren't part of their culture. They were tending the graves of those who weren't part of their community. They were building hospitals and hospices. Uh, they were looking after women and children and slaves, but all in the name of Jesus. Romans were falling into this community in their droves. And that really, really worried him. But Julian's strategy didn't work because love is not a strategy. When we love because we are first loved, we are filled with his spirit, it's not a strategy. And do you know what really got to me when I was looking at this? When we are loving, what we're doing is what God is because God is love. Wow. So let's start announcing Jesus in the midst of what we're doing. So I'm almost finished. You're okay. Colossians 4.3. I want to read that. Because some of us are thinking, we still can't do this. We're still not going to manage this. It's not going to happen. Colossians 4.3. Praying at the same time also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I've also been bound. Paul makes a clear distinction between being evangelist and evangelistic acts, mission. We're not all called to be evangelists. If I tried to do what Terry does or what Shauna does, I'd fail because I'm not that kind of character. That's not my gifting. And it is a gift of an evangelist to the church. But we're all called to mission. We're all called to make Jesus known. It's about partnering with him. It's about changing the whole world. And I absolutely believe by focusing on Jesus and partnering with him, we as individuals can change the world. But together, whoa, how deep can we go? How far can we go? How high can we go? There are no boundaries in this. And that's why it's so, so exciting. This mission is so, so simple, so, so straightforward. It's not complicated. It's love. It's just love. It's about that surrender and loving and not thinking, ah, I'm useless, I can't do this. 
it's just about thinking, oh, do you know what? Let's just do this and see where we go. One of the last words in this, that Matthew 28, 18 to 20 was baptised. I just want to put a challenge there. If any of you have not been baptised yet as well. I'm just going to leave that question hanging there. Talk to somebody about it because it's part of it. You can't get away from it. It's part of it. Talk to one of the team. So I think, I think we just need to go back into a song and you just need to think about all of this and just let go of your preconceived ideas about what this is all about, what mission's about. It's just about saying, Jesus, okay. <laughs>